The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Hey there, friends. Welcome into another episode of the Story World Podcast. Steve Schramm here with my boy Al. What's up, man? Living the life, Steve. This is, uh, of course, yeah. we release these weekly, but this is our second one that we're recording tonight. So a uh, little bit yeah. of back-to-back action, if you will. Yeah, yeah, you ruined my joke. I was getting ready to say that we're wearing the same clothes as last time. That's really ironic and strange, but now yeah, the secret's out. I wear this every day, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is it's not this black shirt, but there is a black shirt that a I basically wear every day because yes. I have that many of the black same black shirts. So. Steve and I have talked before that if we didn't have wives that actually cared a little bit about our appearance, we would have probably the same outfit every day that we'd wear just because yep. of how simple it is. Yep, hundred percent. Yep, I the Steve Jobs. Yep, black shirt, jeans. That's it, man. Except, except for me, I do shorts because I can't stand jeans that much. So, uh, anyway, so talking about a cool subject matter this time that um, it's actually a fiction concept, but I f- first discovered the issue in the context of marketing, and so. I think, Alex, what we're going to do here on this one is talk at a very high level about this concept um, of structural tension. And then probably in, I don't know if we're going to do these necessarily sequentially, we might, um, but I think we're going to dive into some future episodes that have to do with this concept a little bit and and maybe even get into it a little uh, deeper. So I have a couple stories that I want to share, but do you have any introductory remarks kind of before we move further? Um, Just the only, yeah, I'll talk about my stuff just a little bit later, the high level stuff. But um, it's funny when you brought to me um, structural tension, if anyone hasn't gathered it by now after listening to us for a while, if you've been listening to us for a while, Steve is very much find this topic, dig down into it, know all about it, know what's everything said about it. Whereas me, on the other hand, kind of hears a subject and I kind of form my own mind what I know about it and what I think, you know, it applies to me. So a little bit more abstract than Steven sees very much, you know, here's how it is and here's how it's going to make me succeed and crush it. Yeah. And, it. and so uh, so the, the, the thing that came to my mind when I heard it is, wow, that's interesting that, you know, like Steve came across that, like just me personally, I never used, you know, thought of the term structural tension, even though it legit is a thing. I just don't really think in terms like that. But when you mentioned it, I, I got excited about the topic just because you have your climactic parts in in stories and then you kind of have the build up. We think of, okay, here's the start, exciting. And then, okay, it goes through a lull. No story should ever have a lull if you're telling a good one, but that's how we kind of think. And then the tension starts to build. But so the first thing that I thought immediately is just structural. I just think structurally a story should have at least a little bit of tension all on the way. So that's what I'll kind of open up with there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm of the same um, mindset. And so uh, I definitely want to talk. So what you refer to is actually a concept that uh, some people call immersion, right? So I'm, an, I'm sort of an immersive thinker. Um, I like to, when I discover a new topic that I think is going to have something radical in, in terms of impact in my life, yeah. what I typically try to do is dive in in that moment while the iron's hot and learn as much about that thing as possible. And then some of the ideas will resurface later on. But I like to, when I hear a new concept, get as big of a grasp on that as I possibly can, engage some resources, etc. So I was, um, these past few weeks, I have been getting back into copywriting. Um, not like the boring kind where like you register a trademark. Not the boring copywriting, the government. Kind. The interesting kind where you sell lots of things and hopefully make lots of money, that kind. Um, because uh, it's just the way who the, the people who know how to use words to sell things are just the people who succeed um, in business anyway. And that's just sort of the nature of the beast. And so I, I've been sort of not that I not that my passion for that had necessarily waned, but just at the structure or at the at, rather at the stage that my personal uh, business is in, I am um, it's more important or for at least a while, it was more important to sort of go through some immersion on business processes and standard operating procedures and stuff that actually sounds boring, but it's in service of a larger marketing goal. So I, I sort of, I want to say I took sort of a detour in my study and thinking into that for a while. And now I have my, uh, my plans for that stage ready to go. I just have to do the execution of it now, um, which I, uh, I'm not, I'm not delaying on purpose. It's just with a lot going on, I, I can't execute it in the way that I want to quite yet. So I'm sort of sitting on that, learning more about it, but slower and back on the marketing train because that's uh, sort of where our headspace is with one of my other company, Buy Demo Tracks. So um, I've been back on that train. I was watching a YouTube video and it's a copywriter who has, uh, you know, partnered up with a pretty, pretty well-known figure in internet marketing. And he was explaining how really there's one thing that he feels like separates the top 1% of the, of copywriters and even like the 1% of the 1% uh, of copywriters from really everybody else. And he, he, he referred to the concept as structural tension and really to put it in more practical terms, he described it as the ability to keep someone's attention throughout the life of your story, throughout the life of your sales letter, throughout the life of your video, just whatever it is. And um, that tension, as I began to research this a little bit more, I found is also closely tied, at least in the mind of fiction writers, to the idea of conflict. And one of the things that this copywriter said that I thought was so fascinating, he made an excellent point that I had never really heard before, was that, you know, for most marketers, you're sort of like jumping up and down, screaming as loud as you can or whatever. Like a lot of people were thinking along that line of buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing. And yet when you read certain kinds of books or see certain videos or, or even hear a song where somebody plays most of the song, but you know, they don't resolve that last line or whatever. It drives you nuts until that loop, that story loop in your mind is closed. And so in this specific example he gave, he, um, he was reading a nonfiction author talking about something in a book and, and he, the, the author had opened 
a story loop of some sort of illustration or whatever and gave a promise of the payoff later, but forgot to close the loop on the story. And he was just going nuts. He said he had tried everything. He tried. He looked him up on Facebook. He tried sending him emails. He tried calling. Like he tried to, and he, to this day, he still hasn't done it. But this one open story loop that he just wants to know what happens on the rest of the story is driving him nuts. By the way, I, I as I was thinking about that, I have a similar story. So we talked about Greg Kokel before, <laughs> and Greg Kokel is a great writer. Um, in one of his books, I believe it's the story of reality. In the very beginning, he talks about a conversation that he had on an airplane with a gentleman. And he uses the illustration, uh, and right at this very moment, the actual way it all plays out is slipping my mind, but he basically uses the illustration to um, explain why he teaches the story of reality the way that he does. But he never finishes what, it's like a really fascinating story, but then he never finishes what happens with the guy on the airplane? And I cannot tell you how many live presentations and, and podcasts or whatever I've listened to and watched and all that trying to get the answer to that question, and I just can't. And what's the difference? What's going on there? The difference is in begging for someone's attention versus commanding their attention. And the people who have mastered this skill are, guess what? Fiction writers, because fiction writers have the power to suck you in with open story loops to where you just have to know. You can't put the book down. You have to keep reading it or else you don't get the answer to your questions. And so when I had that big aha, you know, I went to looking to do as much immersion as I could into this topic. And I found a book called The Fire in Fiction that talks about this a lot. And I'm really loving it. And I found a video of, of Brandon Sanderson talking about, um, uh, tension and uh, conflict specifically. And he said, basically, in a story, you know, you've got, um, I'm, I'm illustrating if you're watching the video, if, you're, if, if not, picture a triangle with three circles. Um, you've got plot, you've got character, and then you've got setting. And then there's a circle, a concentric circle in the middle, tying all three of them together that he writes in uh, conflict. And so the idea is, is constantly this idea of conflict and tension um, created throughout. And so that's what's meant by structural tension. And I'm just interested in the concept because the more I research it, the more it seems like the ability to hold someone's attention through a sales presentation from a marketing perspective um, creates that same desire for a payoff as with fiction readers. The difference is, is that at the end of a fiction book, the reader gets the satisfaction of the, of the payoff. In the case of real world marketing, um, the person gets the satisfaction of the product, but also the marketer gets the satisfaction of being paid. Um, so there's a, definitely an incentive to learn how to tell stories this way for the purpose of marketing and sales. So th those are sort of the stories that illustrate the concept for me. Yeah, some of the, um, I think I think one of the main things, so I think we're, what we plan on doing is the next part in this series that we'll do next week is um, Steve will really take a deep dive into it practically on what to do with this on the marketing side following week, I'll do something on the fictional side. So kind of what my overview of what I intend to explore with it is going into, obviously when you think of tension, um, even taking away the structural point, if you just think of tension, you think of conflict and those go kind of go hand in hand. But I think really adding the structural part to it 
intention in general doesn't necessarily have to be conflict. I guess any tension you can try to derive, well, the conflict here is this, but it doesn't necessarily have to be conflict in the way of here's the antagonist and here's the protagonist and they're going at it. There's a lot of different ways where you can create that structural tension and create um, the conflict that isn't really conflict of what you're thinking. Um, and so that should be present throughout the entire in the entire book. There shouldn't be a chapter that goes by where the reader says, man, they could have done away with that chapter. There should well, be a chapter. Maybe not where... maybe not even a paragraph, to be honest. Because yeah, no, a lot of honest. times you can illustrate that internally, you know, yeah. internal conflict and all that. Yeah. Uh being purposeful, being being purposeful, we've talked about this before, and everything that you do in life is important. But you know, in your, you know, when you're writing, you know, every there should be a reason why you have a new paragraph, should be a reason why, you know, you have a the ending of a chapter. There, there's a reason for everything, and it all kind of flows into that creating the tension to make the reader want to continue reading um so anyway that's kind of what i want to explore and again it's one of these things where i don't i'm not going to do a deep dive into the subject and like in google it a lot it's just going to be kind of my thoughts on yeah. what comes to mind when it comes to wanting to string along um structural tension throughout the book and some ideas that i have on how to do that from what i've seen and what i'd like to do in my writing yeah for sure so um i'm excited about that because i'm, I'm excited to see what your thoughts are and frankly, how I can use them to hopefully make some money. Um, but but, <laughs> but uh, one, I guess, uh, parting thought with this, and then we'll move into stories. Uh, I just dropped my pen, um, which I was holding, obviously, because I need to hold a pen while I'm talking. Um, yes. In fact, it's, I'm feeling naked, so I'm going to just uh and it up real quick. That's how they get you. Yeah, we have to do that. So, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a nice pen, too. I mean, I just I, it's worth I, I feel over smarter. I feel smarter when I hold this pen for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Um, so, um, um, it, it, when I paired this thought with a couple other thoughts, it became very, very powerful for me. Something that I realized is that it, it, whether it's a video or a podcast episode or a sales letter that was written, um, there are only three things, as long as I have enough knowledge of the product, there's only three things that I absolutely have to do to get across the message. And when I discovered this, I was like, oh, man, this is really huge. And so I, I figured it might be worth sharing. And uh, those three things are excitement, attention, and agreement. And so I think this is very, I mean, this is super practical what I'm giving you here. Um, you can apply it in your business. You can apply it when talking to your wife. You can apply it when talking to your kids. Just what anytime that you're trying to sell anything to anybody, if it's an idea or a product or a service or whatever, you could use these ideas. So uh, Zig Ziglar, an old sales trainer, used to say, of course, he's, he's gone now, but he used to say that uh, sales is really nothing more than transferring your enthusiasm for a product or service to the person that you would like to buy it from you. Um, and if you're not excited about it, if you're not excited about the idea, about the prospect of it all, about how it's going to uh, work and create results and all of that, then you can't expect anybody else to be excited about it either. So if you can keep a high level of excitement, and then if you can use tension to keep their attention throughout, draw them from line to line, from paragraph to paragraph, from scene to scene, however you want to put it. And then, especially in the sales context, if throughout that process of creating excitement, keeping and keeping their attention, if you can also create within them this sense of agreement. And there's ways to do that in marketing. One way is with um, 
trial closes. Um, a trial close is basically a question that usually has a yes answer um, from the, you know, fr from the person who would be reading or watching. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get them all along the time that you're speaking to them to agree that you're right, um, then when you ask them to eventually give you money at the end of the presentation, the idea is that they've already been agreeing with you the whole time. So they're going to agree with you here as well. Um, and um, it's, it's really fascinating. So if you can create excitement, keep their attention, and then have them agreeing with you the whole time, then that's a pretty sweet way to actually, um, you know, make, make headway with people and get emotional buy-in to what you're trying to sell. Because what it does is it recognizes the fact that um, buying is mostly emotional. Um, it's, it's not really logical uh, at all. I mean, some people justify their decisions with logic. Um, yep. A lot of people do. But people make their decision uh, emotionally. And there's been three or four big studies that have sort of really uh, borne this out. It's actually quite scary. I mean, it's, it's like you're, you know, the studies kind of show that you're almost predisposed based on certain factors of your life, of your upbringing, of whatever, to, to have about 75-ish percent of your buying decision made in basically the first 30 seconds of, 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 of an interaction. Um, and uh, that's kind of crazy. I mean, it's like, because what happens is, not to go too deep into this, just want to make a quick point. What actually happens is, is that you kind of emotionally decide what, what to do, and then your brain sends out signals to go find logical justification for the thing that you want to believe. And, well, and that so, happens even outside of buying something. That happens in that's correct. decisions in life. Yep. That's correct. It happens. It's, I mean, we call it confirmation bias in, in you know, more of your more academic fields and things like that. But it's, it's staggering and a little scary how, um, how true it is that you can just emotionally buy into an idea and then even subconsciously you're looking to logically justify that. It's really hard to question those beliefs. Yeah. So really fascinating stuff, really. Good stuff, Steve. Yeah, I'm excited for this topic. And then also, um, maybe we talked about this. Maybe we didn't. I'm pretty sure we did. We might even throw in a part four that has to do with structural tension that we see in the Bible. Um, I think that was a topic that we Ooh, wanted to kind of address. Yeah, that would be cool. so. Yeah, totally, because it's all over be, for so, sure. So anyway, so this is kind of a four-parter. Here's the intro, and then you're going to get uh, your own specific flavor over the next few weeks. So hang in there. We're going to get to it yeah. all. Um, so all right, so excited. story of the week this week. Mine's not really a story. I got kind of just two things that, um, a couple things that I kind of recommend. So the first one, I, I went and saw a Knock at the Cabin. Have you heard of that one, the new movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Shyamalan made it. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of Shyamalan. Um, actually, The Village is one of my favorite movies um, of all time. And then some of his other stuff is good. Um, I like his thing. Even when his movies aren't the best, he still tries to be original in all of them. So I appreciate his effort in that. This one was definitely original. Um, I, I guess it's kind of hard talking about it because you haven't seen it. It's usually we talk about movies when we've seen one together. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, if you want a movie that is very um, kind of ends with you scratching your head, this is definitely one to go see. But um, maybe uh, maybe we'll watch it sometime. It's a, basically it's about um, these uh, um, uh, a couple. It's actually a, a homosexual couple. They have an adopted daughter and they're in a cabin together. And um, these four people um, come and basically say that they have to those three, the two dads and the girl have to determine which one is going to be sacrifice and they have to kill one of them um in order oh, to man. stop the apocalypse 
And as the movie unfolds, you wonder if the apocalypse actually is happening or not. And anyway, it's just, it's a, Gosh. it was definitely a, uh, <laughs> uh, Brooke came out of it. My wife not liking it. I came out of it, enjoying it, thinking that it just kind of maybe fell flat a little bit at the end. But anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd bring that up. Then the other one that I definitely have a um, hard recommendation, at least to try out. So I'm a big uh, metal fan. I've been trying to convert Steve to the ways of, uh, of good for, well, since we've met, I guess. And so uh, a band that I actually had never heard of, um, they're actually not touring anymore, but they started in 2004, I think. Uh, one of my uh, uh, one of my good friends um, introduced me to them just real recently. They're called For Today. They're um, and they're a metalcore band. If you like metal, and if but if not though, they're a um, very hard uh, Christian band. And so I'm just gonna read part of their lyrics from one of their songs called "Crown of Thorns." Yeah, just in case, just just to kind of give an insight. If you if you do like harder music, but you have a hard time trying to find a Christian band. Or if you want to see if it's worth listening to hardy music because there is a Christian band involved. Um, so the band's called For Today. This song's called Crown of Thorns. I'm just going to read some of the lyrics for it. Um, so it goes, it should have been me with the nails through my hand and feet facing the wrath of God. It should have been me left to pray for my sin forsaken. But in the blood I stand here born to die. He bore the fire of God's holy wrath on his shoulders born to die. I watched him pour out his life as a ransom for all. And as he carried his cross on his back, beaten and bloody, I saw myself there too, because I've been broken by a world that hates me. But I'm not alone anymore. No one could take his life. He laid it down for me. That twisted wreath of thorns, he took that crown for me. And after three days out of the ground for me, he overcame it all. Now I live to serve him. With stripes on his back, betrayed by the ones that he loved so perfectly, we spit in his face and crowned him with the crown of thorns. So um, just Jeez. just uh, it's almost kind of reminds me of some skillet songs in the way or obviously on a lighter so, um, on a lighter uh, tone casting crowd, just lyrics that just kind of like just like punch into every single time. And so um, yeah. there's some there's some bands out there like, oh, you know, we're Christian singers, but this band is like every song is feels like it's preaching at you and it, it hits hard. So anyways, it's worth a listen, wow. whether you're a Christian or a metal fan or just kind of want to see what it's about. Um, highly recommend just taking a listen to that, especially that that one song. But anyway, that's kind of my okay. recommendations for the week. That's good. I'll have to check that out for yep. sure. Um, I wrote down one, but I have a second one, and that is that as of uh, the, you know, when this goes out, it'll be past time. But um, as of right now, we're looking forward to an epic fight this upcoming uh, oh, Saturday. Yes. I can't wait. So excited. So excited it's going to be to, I mean, they're, man, they're trying to right now determine who's the best pound-for-pound pound fighter alive, basically, is the idea in the UFC. So I'm I'm just it's beyond pumped. Whoever wins this will have two belts yeah, So in two is, different weight classes. So Steve and I are going to celebrate by getting a bunch of meat. Um, I think Steak and Shake is the uh, the menu for oh, the man. night. Uh, so the triple, triple cheese steak burger for me. That's what, that's what uh -huh. it's going to be. Removest thy bun and thou shalt yes, have good removest success. Removest thy bun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one story of the week I'm really excited about. Um, and then the other one is actually just kind of a, a little quick win in my um, in my coaching um, uh, and mentorship uh, business for web design students. We had our biggest call ever this past week. And it's, you know, again, not huge. I mean, there was five of us there. Um, but and we have we have about 10 members. Um, but there was five actually on the call and it was just really cool to see, nice. um, the interaction back and forth. You know, it wasn't just me talking to them. Like a lot of times it is, um, it was, uh, it was a, a big enough group that there was lots of good back and forth and we kind of went around and it was just really, um, 
a neat thing to see not only, you know, being able to help them is, of course, one thing, and that's fantastic. Um, but being able to sort of see them interact and grow together is uh, is a really, really neat thing. So um, I, I, just, cool. I count that as a pretty big win for the for the week, and I'm excited about the future for that. So Happy for really you, Steve. Cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm excited. So, All right. I think that wraps it up for this week. Um, that subscribe, like, share, tell your friends, tell your, your kids, kids, tell your grandma. Your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Make a second oh, account, man. rewatch it. Do whatever you can. Oh my gosh. 100%. But, uh, appreciate you following us uh, this long. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Absolutely. See you guys later. Thank you.